This is Maria Starr, half of Memphis's Power Couple, telling you to tune in to the main event of Sarita Live every weekend for the wrestling segment. My man Dustin Five Star sits down every Saturday with Kevin Cerrito to talk about all things in the world of wrestling. So tune in to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 every Saturday at 1230 for some wrestling smack talk. And if you ever miss this or any of the show, you can listen to the podcast by subscribing to Cerrito Live for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. And as always, podcasts are available at CerritoLive.com. Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and papas. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's the modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 on South Main at the Green Beetle and every Friday night from 8 to 10 in Cooper Young at the Memphis Made Tap Room. For more info, visit the bingo page at CerritoTrivia.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. It's time for Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Live from the legendary Sports 56 studios at Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis, here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Greetings and salutations. We are live from high atop Mount Moriah. Welcome to Cerrito Live. I'm your host, Kevin Cerrito. Joined alongside, as always, C.J. Hurt on the other side of the glass. Welcome to the program. we got an action-packed edition of the show for you today. Every week, we wrap the show up with Memphis' only weekly wrestling segment. We will do that today as we preview tomorrow's Royal Rumble. Dustin Five Star, my tag team partner, will be here in studio. We'll also be joined by... Derek King, Memphis wrestling icon and uh, former star of Wrestling with Death from uh, right across the bridge over there in Jonesboro, Arkansas. He will join us to help preview the Royal Rumble, which is tomorrow. We're also every week joined by Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer for some Kevin Sanity. He writes about the Grizzlies. We'll talk about the Grizzlies and we'll talk about the Grizzlies new D-League team that will be playing in South Haven, Mississippi, starting next season. And what should they name the team? Um, We'll also talk about Chandler Parsons. Uh, interesting Twitter conversation from last night and uh, Mark Gasol making the All-Star team. So we'll talk all of that with Kevin Leip a little bit later on in this hour. He joins us every week in the 11 o'clock hour. And once a month, Greg Akers uh, from the Memphis Business Journal uh, stops in to tell us why Nashville sucks. And he will do that uh, in later on in this hour as well. And uh, we'll probably get into a little bit of Oscar talk because Greg also an Oscarologist and we always do our Oscar show every year. That's coming up on February 25th. But uh, the nominations came out and there are some Memphis connections and some interesting things to watch. Uh, a diverse Oscars this year, CJ. Diverse Academy Awards. Uh, for the first time ever, you have an African-American nominated in all four of the major acting categories. So first time in the history. Of the Oscars, which is good and also just sad, right? Like, why is it 2017 is the first time? Okay. Okay? Okay. Did you know that fact? I did know that fact. That is something that they are real proud about over at the Oscars, considering what happened last year. I hadn't forgot about last, last two year. years. It's been two years two that years, they've been all right? white. Yeah. Yeah. All white. I mean, let's see what happens the following year. Let's see if this is. Let's see who a, wins. Let's see who wins. <laughs> let's see if this is momentum or if this is just, hey, for show. To show you guys that we do care about diversity this year, we're going to do it. And then next year, we'll go back to being all white. It'll be okay. All right, we'll find out. But 
Uh, we're starting today's action-packed show uh, with a very special guest. It's always fun to have on the show uh, to get caught up with everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. and right here in Memphis, Tennessee. We're starting today's show talking to your uh, representative of Tennessee's 9th Congressional District. He is Representative Steve Cohen. Congressman Cohen, you there? I am here. It's good to be home in Memphis. Oh, you're here in Memphis. That's great. Uh, were you, where, which march were you at last week? I know you, you skipped the inauguration, but you went to the Women's March a week ago today. Which one were you at? I was at the Women's March in Memphis. I spoke on the steps of the Army Bailey Courthouse and uh, briefly at the Civil Rights Museum. And I led the march. I was asked to lead the march and marched from the courthouse to the, to the museum. And uh, uh, it was uh, inspiring. I haven't seen such a turnout in Memphis since I guess the '60s, and that that was a, was a phenomenal turnout. People showed uh, their concern about where this country's going, and the fact that they got out and participated. It was a very, very, very inspiring uh, afternoon. Yeah, it's a, this talk is that it is the largest turnout for a protest or march uh, since the since the '60s. And you were there, and you can, and you were around in the '60s, which I was not. Uh, you would agree with that statement? Oh, without question. Uh, there hasn't really been anything to get people this inspired since civil rights and since the Vietnam War. And uh, people were indeed in, in, um, concerned, and they showed it. And it was just a really a beautiful gathering. I was just touched by the fact that Memphis was out there uh, on the world stage. Every city in the, in the country just about participated, and cities all over the world. And uh, people need to make their voices known that they're concerned about the direction our country's going in. All right, Congressman Cohen joining us. Of course, you did. Uh, you boycotted the inauguration. Did you watch it on television? Yeah, I watched it here on television, and it was a, a great decision. I made two really good decisions recently. <laughs> uh, one was not to go to the inauguration. Uh, I thought about it afterwards uh, uh, and thought, well, you know, if he's conciliatory and if he reaches out, I'll kind of feel bad about not being there and think, well, the guy... You know, he came through and, and did what he's supposed to do. Well, he didn't. And uh, uh, it was like a campaign speech, and it was uh, really the wrong direction. Uh, America first, which is nice-sounding, and we're all Americans and for America first. But America first can involve helping our, our neighbors in Europe and NATO. And what America first says, which is Lindbergh, who coined that in the 30s, didn't want us to get involved in World War II and was um, uh, considered anti-Semitic. Uh, that means not help the folks in Lithuania, Estonia, uh, Latvia, Ukraine, Georgia, Moldova, who are at risk of a Soviet, Russian, excuse me, Russian invasion. And uh, he's there's something very, very, very strange about his relationship with Russia. And uh, it's, it's not healthy. Uh, Putin is a miserable, mean, awful person. And he's the only guy that Trump talks well of all the time. And even yesterday when he was with Prime Minister May, who did a phenomenally nice job of trying to bring him around and bring him into the sphere of, of uh, civilized nations that are uh, the suspect of Putin and, and, and supportive of, uh, of countries on the uh, eastern fringe of Europe. Uh, he said, well, I don't know that about Putin. He said, I don't know the gentleman, and I hope we have a good relationship. And what I don't know the gentleman. Sorry, he's not a gentleman. He murders people. He is a thug. Right. So you so you made one good. What was your your one good decision? You said was skipping the inauguration. Did you say you have another good decision? 
Yeah, and they both revolved around sitting in my same nice leather chair and watching my, my Sony TV. As I watched the inauguration, I, I was here, and I was in my home, and I had a couple of Bloody Marys, and it was much nicer than being out there in the cold and the rain. The other right, decision yeah. was <laughs> no, Wednesday. Yeah. We had boats called off for Wednesday because the Republican conference was meeting in Philly, and I thought, well, I'll go to Memphis and watch the Tigers and Temple. And I had booked an Amtrak train and a quick shot to a restaurant and an Amtrak train home, and I was going to come home on Thursday and stay there Wednesday and watch the game. And I, I, and I just got – maybe the game was Thursday, whatever it was. And I got uh, – I just decided at the last minute, I said, I'm not going up there. I was a little tired. I'd been <laughs> out late the night before, and I scratched that trip, and I watched the game here in that same nice leather chair. And as I watched it, I thought, God, I'm happy I'm not in Philadelphia. What a, what a bad game that was. Yeah, I know. It's a Tigers. I, I, I'm actually will be attending my first game of the Tubby era today. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll be out at FedEx Forum uh, right after the show. Tubby, today. the good coach. The players seem to like him. However, he has not told Diedrich Lawson not to shoot a three, or if he has, he hasn't convinced him not to do it. He's hitting about 24% or 23% from three, missed five, all five of his shots from three against uh Temple. He's not a three-point shooter, and it looks like he's just out there to try to uh, uh, make himself a more of a, of a pro prospect, which I guess everybody does. He's auditioning. The good news is he, he's not going to get drafted. The bad news is he's missing threes. Right. Which is yeah. Which is uh, you know if he comes back, uh, it'll be great. It'll be great news for the Tigers. And speaking of coming back, I'll give you some news. All right. All right. Let's get, let's hear some news. I hate to, and in a way, I probably shouldn't say this. Your congressman should be working on world peace and eliminating, you know, poverty and hunger. And I do that every chance I can. But at some points, I I, I look up two things like Nick Marshall's tweets. And Nick Marshall, who did not go to Montlow State, is not in school. His last tweet was how much he misses Memphis. And some of his other tweets were. I wish I was playing basketball again. I'm ready to play basketball again. And I wish I could do some things over. I don't know if he wants to come back to Memphis or not, but he's not at Motlow State. He's not playing. If I were Tubby, if anybody out there could talk to Tubby, I'm going to get a convention to Tubby. He ought to try to get Nick Marshall back. I doubt Austin Nichols is coming back, and he may not want Austin. But Nick Marshall got a lot of potential, and we need a big man. And he looks like he's available, and he's putting in there. He misses Memphis. It could be a good interest. Yeah, that's that would be a, an interesting move. And, and even you bringing up uh, bringing back Austin Nichols, like everybody, uh, you know, deserves a second chance, just second shot. So if he was wanting to come back, and Tubby was wanting him, that would be a, an interesting story as well. And hey, everybody's got to look. Ev- politicians are people too. You got to have your hobbies. Uh, if anybody's criticizing you for following the Tigers and keeping up with the Tigers, because I know, especially now, we we do need to take moments and, and escape. Uh, what is going on in in this country? Just for a couple of minutes, whether it's seeing a movie or or, or watching basketball, uh, we all need our our little escapes now and then uh, to you know just just calm our calm our nerves and and, and relax. It's good. It's good for the soul. So uh, nobody's going to criticize you for that. But uh, let's get back a little bit because it's our first conversation since we got a brand new uh, president of the United States. You skipped the inauguration, and uh, so our um, skip. Sounds so much like, you know, not going to school, not having a note. <laughs> right, right. I would say I, I chose not to attend. Right. And it's not a requirement, and there's no role taken, there's no vote taken, there's no official purpose. 
Uh, the Congress, I guess, hosts it because it's at the United States Capitol, and, and, and that is the, uh, the legislative branch, which is Article One. But it's basically, and you see it more in perspective. I enjoyed being, I've been to three inaugurations, one as a fan of Bill Clinton's and a supporter, and the other two times as a congressman and a fan and supporter of Barack Obama's. But when you watch it from a third person, from the your, li- your nice living room chair and watch it from a distance, it's basically a political show. It's like the Hall of Fame of politicians, because there's Jimmy Carter and there's Bill and Hillary and there's Robert Dole and there's President Bush. And, you know, it's all those people in Supreme Court and you know, cabinet members. and It's all the stars. And it's a chance for the, for the Congress to have the best seats at the biggest political show. It's like the, 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 the Golden Globe Awards or the Oscars. And you get the best seats and you can take pictures. You go down and shake hands. You can rub shoulders. It's a, it, it's, it, I gave something up in that regard because it is a show and it's an opportunity to mix and mingle. And I'm good at it and like doing it. But I tell you, I had, I, I was very happy to be here and, 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 and uh, not be there. But you see it differently. But I didn't give up anything for my constituents and I'm going right. to attend the State of the Union and I'm going to go to judge all of Trump's decisions based on what they are, uh, as I see them, how they affect my district. I voted to, uh, with a, a minority of Democrats to, to, to change the, the limit from seven to four years where a member of the military had to be out of the military before they could become a, a defense uh, department secretary. And I think Mattis is a, is a good choice. And I think, uh, you know, the other day, it's hope it keeps Trump says I'm going to defer to Mattis because uh, on, on torture and maybe other things because he's the guy I chose. Well, if he does that, that's great. And Mattis is going to be the adult in the room. Right. And we need somebody like that. All right, we're talking with Congressman Steve Cohen. So uh, Trump has not been president very long. And what would you say so far you, has been his worst decision if you had to, to pick one? Taking the oath of office. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what you do when you win, though. But that was a bad decision. If he wouldn't have done that, we'd have been a lot better off. It's hard to say. He's, he's got such a top ten list. It's hard to pick one out particularly. He's had some terrible cabinet members he's, a, he's, he's, he's nominated. I think the lady at education is atrocious. Uh, I think Rick Perry, oops, uh, he's terrible. Uh, the guy at EPA is terrible. Um, I think the whole idea of building the wall is insane. And, and then the idea of putting a $20 million tariff, which, of course, we would pay for, was really stupid. I think getting caught up on his personal uh, ego of how many people were at the inauguration and making that a deal was really a bad decision. But it shows that, that the man, so much of it is about him and not about our country and not about the issues of importance. And then to have a study to try to find somebody, I mean, there's been plenty of studies. There was no illegal voting. And there are lots of people vote registered in two states. Sure, just like his daughter is and his and Steve Bannon is and uh, his son-in-law is. People move and they don't, uh, the, the, the election commissions don't change the registration in the, in the town they move from. Sometimes that gets mixed. But they don't vote twice. And a Pew, right. Pew study came out, they don't vote. So it's a waste of money and a waste of time. It makes our, and then dealing with Russia is crazy. The Russia, there's some serious stuff. Not releasing his taxes and, 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 and not giving up any involvement with his businesses. He says he's going to, but he's not. And there's ethical problems galore. It's just 
How, yeah, how do you? But how do you? You said there's like a, at least a top ten list, and it sounded like you named more than ten things. Uh, how do you stay focused? Like, how do you know what to focus on? You as a congressman and just other citizens who uh, are against uh, some of these things that he's implementing. Like, how do you stay well, focused, and how do you decide which one is of more importance when there's so much? Well, that's a, that's a good issue, and it's something the Democrats have to come down on. And the biggest thing, I guess, is jobs, and that's one of the issues where he got elected that was, I think, important to a lot of people who wanted to see jobs. And you need to bring out the fact that he hasn't created jobs. He's, he's, he jumps in front of the parade and claims that he's, he's done things that were in the works for, for months and months and months with the automobile industry and some of the jobs that have, have been uh, remained in Indiana. And Indiana gave a tremendous uh, uh, amount of money uh, to keep those jobs there. They were just a 1,000 jobs and, and other things he's done. And, and to make sure that the truth comes out, because this whole idea of a post-truth society, it's just bizarre to have a president who has to be snopescom on everything he says. So I think we need to concentrate on jobs, and we need to concentrate on, on showing uh, whenever it comes up, he gives us plenty of opportunity, the things that he's doing this wrong. This this thing about the, the ban on the seven countries, uh, this is show business. Those people were already heavily vetted or super vetted or intensely vetted or whatever term you use, took two years for the average person to come in this country, and none of the terrorist attacks in this country have been by anybody but American citizens who were here and might have been, uh, and obviously were, uh, uh, become sympathizers with ISIS or terror acts, but it wasn't because they were immigrants from any one of those seven countries. They'd been here for some time and were American citizens. Um, this, this, this is just wrong, and it's basically uh, a discrimination based on religion. And then he goes to say, and anybody we bring in from those countries, Christians get the first shot home. Well, again, to make a religious test of who gets in the country and who doesn't, you put Christians first, that means Muslims are second. Um, that's not America, and it shouldn't have been done. The fact he did it on remembrance of the, of the Holocaust Day, mm-hmm. which was yesterday, was really in bad taste because there were many Jews that were not allowed to come to this country and ended up dying in concentration camps. And, and you know, the Statue of Liberty is about give us your humble masses and your poor yearning to breathe free. For the free and um, we're, we're just, this, this was a shameful day for America. It, in the interest of fairness, can you think of the best thing that Donald Trump has done since he's been in office? Is there anything positive? Well, I think, I think that... Uh, uh, Deferring to Mattis on torture was good, although the whole idea of doing torture was bad. I, I hope that with uh, Prime Minister May, he, he gave, she seemed to indicate that he supported NATO, which seems like a, you know the first thing given for almost any president in history. And that was I was pleased to see that, and that he understood. And he, apparently, he's going to work on some type of a trade agreement with 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 Britain. Uh, I don't know if he's going to work on one with Europe or not. Uh, and I hope it's got to be a good one, but I, I, I agree with Fred, Fred Smith that, that uh, what he did on, on trade was if he tries to renegotiate NAFTA and CAFTA, it's going to cost Americans money and jobs, and the threat of putting up a tariff is a mistake. So I, I think he listens to Prime Minister May, and maybe he realized that he uh, had somebody who he considered in his class because she was the head of a government and, and was in a league above him because she's a knowledgeable lady. All right, we're, we're talking with Congressman uh, Steve Cohen. Uh, last thing on, on our new president, I want to talk to you about a couple of local things, and then we'll get you out of here so you can get to, get to work on this Saturday, because I know you work seven days a week uh, for this district. Uh, the 
Conflicts of interest is an interesting topic. I was asking people what should I ask uh, Congressman Cohen um, on on the radio today. Lots of people concerned this week about the conflicts of, of interest, about banning immigrants from certain countries, but not from ones where he has uh, in, investments in and, and just all of just his money in general and taking payment from foreign countries. Is there is this going to be something that uh, Republicans can hold him uh, will want to step up and put country first before party and try to stop? Or is this something that's just going to be a fight for, for the Democrats? I think eventually, it's, it's we've got to the point where the Republicans have got control, and they're going to ha- they're going to have to be leaders. And we've seen some action from John McCain and Lindsey Graham, and some and some Rand Paul as well. And I think there'll be others coming along. Republicans are going to have to come forth and be Americans first, and Republicans second. And the fact is, if they if they're not for Trump, they still get Pence, and they like Pence. Uh, Pence is, is 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 at least um, he's he's not going to going to get into some type of a petty uh, Twitter storm and put the world at risk. Uh, he's a stable person, even if I don't agree with his social positions. Uh, there are conflicts of interest galore with, with this president that there never have been before. The fact that he raised the, the, the fees to join Lago Mar, uh, uh, and I know it's, I got another name, but that's what I'm going to call it, and that's what it'll be to me. Uh, yeah, to $200,000 a year rather than $100,000 a year is basically selling access to the president and, and his family. And that's just absurd. And that's his focus group. And he got so many middle Americans to think, oh, this guy's for me. He's not for them. He's for himself. And Trumping comes first. And the way his economic program has been going, China and Russia have been, China's been the major beneficiary of his economic program to date. And Russia appears to be his first uh, choice coming in, in the foreign policy, because if he lifts those sanctions for that, can he afford? And then he says, well, he'll lift the sanctions if we agree to reduce our nuclear weapons. That, Russia's not giving up anything. They want to reduce nuclear weapons. Their economy cannot continue to build more and more nuclear weapons. And the fact is, we we can reduce our nuclear weapons on each country by by a great number. And we could still destroy the world many times over, and there'd be no winner. We've all got too many nuclear weapons, and, and you know, sure, they should be. We need Russia to dispose of some of theirs because they could fall into the hands of some of those uh, oligarchs in, in, the, in the stands that used to be part of the Soviet Union, where they've got leaders who have become billionaires like, like Putin has because of their acts of control of the government. The government's secondary to them, their personal wealth is first. So, yeah, the conflicts of interest are great. People staying at the Trump hotels and going to the Trump properties. That's, and we're going to have, I guarantee you, there's going to be a terrorist attack, and he's provoking it now. You know, Do you think we are more or less loved in the, in the Middle East uh, after this uh, immigration ban? Less loved. Because they're going to be able to use that for propaganda. More or less loved because he said we need to take their oil. Less loved. And our troops are at risk because they're thinking, are they here to take our oil? I mean, mm-hmm. these are crazy statements. And, and, and how will the, the, the ISIS people respond to it? I know he plans to take out their capital and with a tremendous military uh, offensive soon, and, and maybe that should be done. I mean, we need to take ISIS out, and that should be done. But what's going to happen as response? Terrorist attacks. And where are the first terrorist attacks going to be? I suspect not in the United States, on Trump properties around the world. 
And is that going to get him upset? Oh, yeah, that's going to get him upset because it's less money for Ivanka and Eric and Donald Jr., and that's what really hurts him. Right. Okay, let's uh... – I mean, we could talk about this all day long because there is just so much about it as far as our, our new president, Donald Trump. But I do want to talk about a couple of local things before you get out of here. Uh, one being the news that broke yesterday, because you uh, look, I'm going to keep you honest here, Anderson Cooper style, because you came on this show and said the new CEO of Mata was going to be a great leader and help bring back the trolleys and, and fix the bus routes and everything. And then yesterday we had a story break that the CEO of Mata is stepping down after being arrested for soliciting prostitution. Bad, bad for the for day for Ron Garrison. He, he did good work at Mata, and Mata said he did good work. Uh, the fact that the, the the man he obviously had to step down. His, his life has pretty much been uh, destroyed in Memphis, and and may be destroyed for a goodly while because he's going to lose his job, and whether he's going to get another one, and where he's going to go, and have to sell his house, you name it, and deal with his family. So he's got a tough time, uh, and, and I feel uh, that Mata's going to find a new person. Uh, hopefully they'll find a good person because Matt is real important for us. We've had some successes uh, during his time. The Central Station redevelopment of, in South Memphis occurred while he was there, and it wouldn't have happened under his predecessor. That's going to be a major uh, help for downtown and, and, the, and the South Bluffs. Uh, great hotel going to be there and a movie theater complex, and that's all good. And Garrison worked with us on that. We worked, uh, I worked with Garrison on some other projects on the trolleys and getting a grant from the, uh, Department of Transportation for the, for the buses. And, uh, he did some good stuff. And then the fact that, uh, he had this, uh, arrest, uh, that's bad. And you can't continue on, I guess, in the public sector. But that has nothing to do with him being a CEO, uh, in the past and what he did. Right. So, so good leaders can make bad mistakes. I, I, so the, what is next for Matta though? What is next for Matta? Cause it's an issue. The, the bus routes are, are a big deal right now. The trolleys have not run in, in over two years. Like what is next? You have federal funding, right? To, to fund uh, refurbishing some trolleys and getting them back on the tracks. Yet it's still, it's still uh, not happening. Well, there, there's a whole lot of, of, uh, safety precautions they have to take and we try to get around as much as we can but understandably the the federal government as well as the, the state department of transportation uh, are concerned about safety because we had two of the old trolleys catch on fire and that could have jeopardized lives so they're, they're having to go through a uh, very very intense uh, uh oversight on on safety and uh that's what it is we've tried we tried we tried uh but they're going to eventually they'll come back. All right. Uh, last question, because this this was uh, the the most shocking non-Trump headline that I've seen so far in 2017. I'm I'm looking at the commercial appeal and I see a headline that says zoo conservatory conservancy uh, differ on Greensward parking. Like there is another headline out all of a sudden. I thought we settled this whole Greensward situation. And now it's back at the table where it's not necessarily as resolved as we thought. Well, there's dot in the I's and crossing the T's and. And, I, and one of the issues is the size of the parking spaces. If the, the larger the spaces, the more space they need, and the more greensward will be taken. Um, they've got a max. They've got a size of a parking space that's larger than most places in Memphis where they have parking lots. The, the, the folks fighting for the park suggest they have a, a number of, of large spaces which would be, uh, accommodate vans that come to the to the uh, to the zoo in one area and direct those vans to that area and they have a little smaller spaces which would fit 
normal sized cars or compact cars. Yeah, my condo in, in, in DC, there are spots that are marked C and there are spots that are marked F and the F's are for full size cars and the C's are for compact cars. That's the modern way to do it. For some reason, the, the, they haven't come to a, a agreement on that yet and they should. It makes sense to have spots for full size cars or vans and other spots for normal size cars and compacts. Hopefully they can work that out and it means less, less land taken. And I think it'll work out. Uh, I think it'll work out. I think, I think that, uh, Fred Smith's son, Richard's gotten involved in this and I think he's really shown a, uh, himself to be a good steward of, uh, of, of, of the zoo as well as the uh, interested in the city and, and the park and he's done a great job. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but I've got confidence that, uh, those teams will work together. All right, Congressman, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the show. We will uh, catch back up with you soon um, as the uh, news I may see you at the game. Oh, yeah, see you at the game today. Hopefully it's not a bad decision. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Hopefully it's the right decision. It's the right decision. Take care. All right, thank you. That's Congressman Steve Cohen. Uh, not boycotting the Tigers. He will be at FedEx Forum this afternoon, uh, as will I. Always interesting stuff from the congressman. Before we go to break, though, let me tell you, this portion of the show has been brought to you by Playhouse on the Square. Memphis' only professional theater and the perfect place to take a date. Uh, currently playing at Playhouse on the Square right now. It's Rock of Ages. You do not uh, want to mi- miss that production. they got a couple other things happening and in, in, in on the way uh, later this year, including Lord of the Flies is on the schedule and... The Million Dollar Quartet. So you don't want to miss those. Playhouseonthesquare.org is the website. It is Memphis's only professional theater. It's right there in Overton Square. Uh, go to the website, playhouseonthesquare.org, to buy tickets and uh, to check out what shows are coming soon. We'll be right back uh, with Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. We'll talk Grizzlies in the new D-League team and Chandler Parsons' Twitter uh, what is it? Conversation. I wouldn't say it was a war. Maybe it was a war. We'll find out next. We're talking uh, Grizzlies when we return. Do you live in Memphis? Do you suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weeknights looking at your phone trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that might be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions and stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, rehearsal dinner, reunion, seminar, retreat, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spend quality time with friends. Now play Cerrito Trivia every Tuesday on Broad Avenue at Rec Room and in East Memphis at Mellow Mushroom every Wednesday night downtown at Tampa Town and every Thursday night on South Main at the Green Beetle and the Arcade Restaurant. CerritoTrivia.com